Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to episode three of BWSR, the Broadhurst Watkins Sport, the Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report. Sports in black and white. I am your host this evening. My name is Harry Broadhurst, and this will be an untraditional episode of the BWSR as we do not have a specific set slate of topics to talk about. I mean, we have a couple of things that we're going to get to. Our sport of the week later tonight will be Aussie rules because of the fact that the 2022 AFL season kicks off in a mere matter of hours. Yet, with still no with no American television deal. Not only still no with no American television deal, the season actually kicked off already. I don't want to talk about it. Mother, 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 Melbourne, mother. Well, that'll be our sport of the week. However, the main focus on tonight's broadcast will be college basketball. As not only do myself and Eric present the 2022 NCAA March Men's Madness Tournament Preview Edition, Part 1, Part 2 next week when we do our rebracket. But we also covered the NIT as my Florida Gators are currently in action against the Iona Gales in round one of the NIT without Coach Mike White, who left for Georgia. I still find some weird level of hilarity with that. I do. No, you know what it is? Oh, I'm Harry Broadhurst. He's Eric Watkins. Welcome in, everybody. Um, you know what the problem with this is? It's these stupid-ass Gator fans that are expecting Mike White to live up to Billy Donovan. I mean... White's a good good coach, but he's not Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan brought back-to-back national titles to Gainesville, 2006-2007. Oh, trust me, I remember those years, especially on campus, mostly fondly because at UNF that was all the talk of when they were making their run. But, I mean, if you think about it, who really can live up to Billy Donovan? The style, the players that he had. The minute that he left to go to the NBA, nobody else was going to come in and fill those shoes. So, Mike White takes over when Billy leaves. Mike White's been with the program for approximately a decade at this point. And now, all of a sudden, you miss the NCAA tournament. One year... Out of like four, I think this is the the first time in four years we've missed the tournament, not counting 2020 when there was no tournament. Terrible memory, terrible times. But And uh, people are calling for Mike White's job, and he's getting threats and stuff from members of of, uh, the the Rowdy Reptiles and such. For what? I mean, honestly, honestly, we're having a similar kind of run at Miami right now, and nobody's calling for Coach L, especially the fact that we've done worse. We've barely been able to stay healthy the last couple of years. This is our first time back to the tournament in three. I don't know. We have different expectations, as you mentioned. The hell? Travis Steele out at Xavier as head coach. Would somebody like to explain that to me? Didn't they just advance in the NIT yesterday? 
The NIT is still the NIT. I guess. <laughs> Anyways, so I, I was saying uh, Coach White is out, but the Gators are in the NIT and currently losing 19-12. to 12, We will provide running analysis of the game as it happens. We are not going to do no, live comments. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Um, Number 14 for your Gators. I'm sorry. That hairstyle is fucking criminal. That, no, no, that dunk? no. That is, uh, I believe that's Philandrus Fleming. The, that the, is, uh, that, excuse me, that is Kawasi Reeves. Oh, come on, you can't, ooh, nice defense. The Anyways. hell? The, 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 the dunk was fine, but what the ever-living shit is on his head? <laughs> I don't have an answer for that, honestly. Oh, dear God. Anyway, I'm All speaking right. of alternate commentary. I had to point that out. All right. So I was saying, yeah, 2114. Uh, I own a 21. Oh, that should have been an and one. Come on. You got to make that. You got to make that Appleby. All right. Anyway. Um, we're not so much alternate commentary, though, because we started late. So more of a live thoughts, a stream of consciousness in regards to the Florida Iona game. In addition, we will be revealing our original NCAA March Madness men's brackets as well. Um, I got to tell you, I'm relatively chalk as far as my final four goes. Not completely, but it's there's a few there's a few f- juicy looking upsets in uh in this bracket, but o- overall I think cream rises. Yeah, this is one of those years to where you don't entirely want to go full chalk. The old adage about not all four number one seeds, but at the same time, when you look at some of the tournaments in this bracket, if you're really a five seed and up, aside from, of course, my team, you're relatively safe. Your team sits on the 10 line against USC. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm well aware. So, so I have to tell you, I, I, I hate to say this, but I have to root for you guys in the first round. Because those treacherous Trojan bastards knocked out my Jayhawks last year. Mm-hmm. We'll take care of business for you. The Pac-12 may have been good, but the ACC is still the ACC. No matter what this down year has happened. Uh, said, um... Unfortunately, said victory probably lines you up in a battle in the in the SEC against Auburn, the two seed in your sub bracket. That'd be problematic, but again, something about us and dealing with lower seeds making runs. This could finally be our turn. I believe. I believe that we will. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will. Oh, sorry, wrong sport. I'm about to say, you you, want to save that for later when we actually supposedly do soccer to the max, I think, maybe, question mark. Also a uh, softball trademark chant as well. Really? Yes, I know for a fact the Florida Gators softball team has used that on a regular basis. Huh. Well, at least it works for them. I got to tell you, ESPN is being kind of a dick right now, so I might have to go over to my tablet in order to pull up my bracket. Do you have your bracket ready to go? Um, I actually would have to go, and I had to find an alternate place for mine, but 
I'm all set up. <laughs> all right, well, why don't we go ahead and hit a couple of quick news and notes from the world of sports before we get started here. Uh, okay. NFL, NFL free agency, why don't we start there? Steelers are going to win and win a ring in three years. Done. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo might be winning a ring next year. Well, I mean, with the kind of moves you made and uh, paying Von six, Miller a good chunk of coin. Six years, $130 million, I believe I read. 120. Uh, so approximately $20 million a season plus signing bonuses guaranteed. Well, yada, yada, yada. Um, two-time Super Bowl champion, including Super Bowl 50 MVP, Von Miller is now a Buffalo Bill. And you thought our defense was dangerous before. Well, I don't think we have to play you again this year, so you get spared another 9-6 loss, so you're covered. <sighs> One of, like, three games y'all fucking won all season. Hey, we beat one of the best teams in the AFC. You beat what two of it? the best teams. You beat two <laughs> playoff teams last year. Us and Indianapolis. Well, you knocked Indianapolis out of the playoffs, actually. You're welcome, everyone. The streak continues. So, other uh, Buffalo free agency news. Uh, Jarek McKissick is now a Buffalo Bill as well. Although I sent shenanigans for him because there is reports that Buffalo is still looking at two different high-end marquee acquisitions at the running back position. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised because you want to bring him in and maintain sort of the running back by committee kind of lower on the depth chart situation. There is talk that Buffalo is either going to try to work something out with the Giants for Saquon Barkley or Heard the Panthers that. or the Panthers for Run CMC. Look, I'm sorry. Y'all get Run CMC. I know he's a little bit injury prone, but really, y'all no, that wouldn't be fair. If we get McCaffrey, I think Singletary stays though and we go kind of a uh Kind of a one-two back situation there. I think it does put Zach Moss out of a job, though. Then again, it probably puts Jarek McKissick out of a job, too. Well, I mean, there's plenty of room here in Jacksonville, potentially. We've actually been spending a lot of money. Uh, Yeah, let's talk about your Jaguars. And unfortunately, let's talk about the big defection first. As your leading tackler from last season, Miles Jack, is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. In some ways, I can understand with how we kind of rebuilt the defense, but part of me is still thinking, why, how, why is he going to be another Jaguar who's going to go to the Steelers and win a Super Bowl? Haven't we been through that enough? I, I don't. I still don't trust our front office. It's always that something weird that happens every year that comes back to bite us in the ass at some point. Yes, we're getting Christian Kirk. Yes, we got rid of DJ Chark. I... You guys overpaid for Christian Kirk, for the record. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. People would have still complained about us having cap space, not to mention... Look at where it? we are. Look at who what? we are. 
what was it, six years for 84 for uh, Christian Kirk? I believe that's what the numbers were. I'm almost certain I read that. Yeah, DJ Chark is now a Seahawk? Yeah. Good luck having nobody to throw to you up in Seattle. It's, it's, it's okay. His stats will now be on lockdown. As in Drew lockdown. <laughs> I cracked myself up. You can pick the sound effect you want to play there, honestly. Either one of them would be applicable. Well, you monkey know what? Rim, I, monkey I, rim shot or uh, Bob Barker is not pleased. Honestly, because of all of that. <laughs> Life is like a game show Tuesday nights here on the W2M Network. The Drew Carey era of The Price is Right was last night's episode. All right, back to it. Um... Other NFL news and notes that we haven't touched on. Um, speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, apparently uh, Roethlisberger Burger uh, Roethlis is out. Burger Roethlis Roethlisberger. A Rudolph the Red Nose quarterback is out. And okay. don't tell me he's not because that motherfucker is losing that quarterback battle in, tra in training camp. I mean, you're not wrong whatsoever. And do you know what a Yinzer's favorite kind of car is? They're get Wait a minute. They Two just years? bought a Mazda Miata? Two years. Mitch Trubisky is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Man, I mean, I've heard this is driving on some of them roads in Pittsburgh. Good that luck with that. Get that, that their traffic setup in Pittsburgh fucking sucks. <laughs> as somebody who goes to Pittsburgh on a regular basis, as a wrestling fan, I find myself in PPG for Raw, SmackDown pay per views, what have you, on occasion. Their traffic system sucks. That being said, there is a pizza place right up the street from PPG Arena called Pizza Milano that is amazing. Hmm. Good to know. Always some handy information. On a related note, we cannot be bought, but we can damn sure be rented. Again, send all sponsorship inquiries to at the Andesian on Twitter and to us personally as well. But remember to send your hate mail to Mr. Hate Mail himself at s.garmer at gmail.com. We're hitting the high notes early on this one, folks. <laughs> all right, so... Um, let's see what other what other free agency notes do we have here? News and notes. Go ahead and hit me with a couple on your end there, because I gave you like four already. Well, and, and this is going to be a weird situation, especially nowadays with our current climate. Carl Nassib just got released by Las Vegas. Granted, he's the openly gay Raider, correct? Correct. Yeah. So He's shown enough flash, although less so once Max Crosby started taking over for that defensive line. Hopefully, he lands on a team somewhere because he's got a lot left in the tank. Not to mention, Not, defense in that division is pretty fierce now. I was just about to say, wasn't he just their leading tackler like two seasons ago? Indeed, he was. I mean, that's the, the that's the problem is the topsy-turvy nature of the National Football League is you can be riding high with the team one moment and then off of that team the next. Uh, I hate to say it, but we literally just saw it in Jacksonville as well with Miles Jack. Yeah. Jack was, 
Jack Jack was released for cap reasons after being the Jaguars' leading tackler last season, and now he's a Steeler, like we talked about a few moments ago. It wasn't for – trust me, with the room that we had, it wasn't entirely for cap reasons. I put that on other general front office incompetence. A certain aubergine of the week? One and only – and will that, be until I have any other proof otherwise. In in perpetuity, as it were. <laughs> All right, who else you who else you got for uh who else you got for uh, oh what was that? Well, Sorry, that, that looked like well that, that looked like a terrible pass and the ball went out of bounds. Luckily he they got back on defense there, but yeah, that was not great. 27-21 Iona. Uh five minutes and forty six seconds left in the first. Iona coach Rick Patino, and actually this is an Iona team with some credibility. I know we're jumping back and forth a little bit, but again, we told you live coverage of the Florida Iona game. As a diehard Gator fan here, it was bound to happen while we record. Um, Iona head coach is Rick Patino, the former Kentucky head coach. Kentucky and, and Louisville. Also, and, yeah, Louisville. And this is also an Iona team that, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, in one of the uh, – one of the midseason basketball tournaments this year, they beat number 10 Alabama, who's on the sixth line in the NCAA tournament as well. I mean, 25 and 7 overall, 17 and 3 in conference. Yes, I Re- get they're in a one bid league, but. Regular season champions of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. I had a hard as hell time saying that last week. <laughs> they lost to St. Peter's in the conference final. Well, at least the good thing about being your regular season conference champion, you're guaranteed in the NIT. Auto bid, but, auto, but, auto bid to the NIT, reinstated this year after not happening last year due to COVID protocols. Right. I I would have thought that they would have been a bit of a higher seed even in the NIT, but they're proving themselves that they should have been, at least so far here in the first half. Well, oh, some good hustle on that one. They like making a... They like making the mid-majors go on the road. Uh, I mean, like, from, let's from be a honest. financial standpoint, it makes where, sense. Let's be honest here. Where are you going to sell more tickets? New, Iona, New York. I'm not sure where at New York Iona is located, but I think it's like Ithaca, as Eric looks that up. Or, yep. Gainesville, Flor- or Gainesville, Florida in the heart of the SEC. New Rochelle, which technically it's in the NYC Metro, but it's still New Rochelle. So I get it. The, trying to get back to NYC here, actually, if um, Iona is able to, because the this year the f- semifinals and finals of the NIT returned to Madison Square Garden. Where they should be, in my opinion. I agree. All right, back to back to the NFL now as we uh, provide this Gators update here. We'll do like every like five to ten minutes or so on the Gators, probably like every ten minutes or so, unless I something did, major happens. I did see a blurb about uh, Raheem Mostert. He actually uh, just got signed by Miami, so that's going to be a interesting backfield, especially with the whole – Still to uh, maybe Deshaun Watson sweepstakes question mark under center. You can, in the you cannot make this shit up category. 
Deshaun Watson cleared of all charges of sexual har uh, harassment allegations. And the Pittsburgh Steelers came out and said that he no longer fits in with our quarterback culture. <laughs> Write your own jokes there, folks. <laughs> it's too freaking easy. Well, I right? mean... I write mean, your own <laughs> jokes. Technically, sometimes it works and you got a ring or two out of it. So, uh, the belief is that Cleveland might be the potential landing place for Watson, as Baker Mayfield has penned a letter to Browns fans anticipating his potential pending exit, possibly to Houston, Texas. Well, I mean, oh dear Jesus! The we all kind of saw the writing on the wall with very minimal excuses for Baker Mayfield, even though now that Jarvis Landry is gone, he hit his ceiling. Even though, yes, led the Browns to the playoffs, you could arguably say that was in his more, as cliche as it is, kind of game manager fashion or style. Once the pressure's really on him, he doesn't produce. Now, Houston, good luck being in that dumpster fire. That's all I'm going to tell you. Not to mention that division. He, Indianapolis appears to be bouncing back, depending on what they do or don't do at quarterback here. Obviously, replacing Carson Wentz, who's now gone to Washington, is going to be priority number one. But Jonathan Taylor, in, in and of himself, makes Indianapolis dangerous. Named, uh, who was it? Uh, I think it was FanDuel's top NFL player under the age of 25. Although their defense is taking a little bit of a hit now that Rocky Asin is gone. Um, obviously, Tennessee is what it is, although Tennessee's probably taking a step back. Reports are that Julio Jones will be let go from the Titans, so it'll be interesting to see where Julio lands. You know there are a plethora of teams that will be looking for wide receiver options. Um, going back to my Bills here, there was talk that my Bills might be actually interested in Jarvis Landry in order to be the number two behind Stephon Diggs. All this talk about top players moving and we couldn't find a way to orchestrate a trade to bring Derrick Henry back home. I'm just saying it's a travesty if you ask me. A travesty, I tell you. Is it a mockery? No, unfortunately, it's not a mockery. Is it a sham? A bit of a sham, even with our front office. And I see where you're going with this. It's so not, it's... It, it, it's two-thirds of a Travis sham mockery. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate you getting the reference. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that'll pretty much curtail the... Uh, I think that'll pretty much curtail the NFL free agency talk for now. We'll hit it harder next week, obviously, because next week we'll only have the re-bracket to worry about when it comes to the NCAA tournament. We won't be doing the additional bonus commentary coverage or the um, the stream of consciousness, as I'm calling it here, for this. Although now, ugh, stupid-ass Gators, Jesus. I'm honestly not surprised they're losing. I with mean everything, young team with everything going on and Mike White leaving the program. All right, focus, squirrel. Back to it. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk our bracket, shall we? 
or would you rather discuss a few big happenings in another sport instead? I'm saving my saltiness for the sport of the week. It has not been a good time with the, a lot of the other alternate sports. One of them not currently playing like I would like because of, oh, I don't know. Sandstorms. The, and, and rain. Monsoons. At the and same monsoons. time. I don't get it. And then for our sport of the week, I'm breaking out the Mortons. That's, yeah. He's going full salty. My Our sport of the week will also have me in, in an interesting position as a certain bracket maker and I go head to head a little bit later on in the week. His, Hawthorne, mean, Haw his Hawthorne Hawks take on my North Melbourne Ruse. Yeah, I'll break into some early season predictions. I've heard about both of your teams. Neither of you are going to be happy. Uh, we're going to be on the bottom half of the table. It's fine. A bit worse, but okay. Let's stick with that. It's the bottom half of the table, isn't it? Um, needless to say, there's a certain eating instrument made out of a certain material that both of you will be possibly vying for if you catch my drift. More wooden spoon talk later in the show. <laughs> All right, let's get to the NCAA tournament, Eric. Oh, and boy. So traditionally how we've done this on tip-off, just the tip-off, uh, we've gone bracket by bracket, breaking down our biggest upset picks as well as our overall bracket thoughts in terms of matchups and everything. And then we talk about our teams to watch that maybe we don't think are going to go to the uh, out of their bracket, but could make a run if everything goes their way. And we run everything from our Sweet 16 forward to close up the segment here. So let's go ahead and start in the West here, which is the region of the overall number one seed Gonzaga. And after the season they've had, it's really no argument that Gonzaga is currently at least the best team in college basketball. I mean – with the fact that they've really got their unfinished business after being runner-up, they just found a way to get better walking through their conference with ease. So rightfully so, the number one seed. Probable NCAA freshman of the year, Chet Holmgren, is, Holmgren as well. And maybe the best center in college basketball in Drew Timmy. Uh, it, it, it's a stacked team. It's a very stacked team. Is there any one particular team in this region that you you feel could make a run if everything goes their way? I can see two. I will give you one specific. Although I'm going to be honest, I have them losing kind of early in my bracket. Uh, the one that I'm thinking, okay, they could cause a little bit of trouble, especially considering who they're going to be matched up in the second round. Memphis. Something about that Memphis team, yes, I know with the American Power 7, all this and that, and yes, they're the nine seed, but we've seen seeds like that make some weird runs before. And if Gonzaga decides to overlook Georgia State, even though they're going to be prepared, Memphis, those Tigers, they've done things before. I owe a correction from last week. It was Hunter, not Hunt. 
from Georgia State. Okay. Ron Hunter and his son, RJ. Ron's the one that fell off the chair when RJ hit the three. Got you. All right. Um, I actually have Memphis out in the first round to Boise State. Really? Yeah. Um, I, you know who I – oh, go ahead. I, I don't know. It's – I'm not necessarily fond of Boise State. I have seen them play a couple of times this year. They run a very fast-paced offense. They're very high-scoring. And I think with the way that uh, Penny Hardaway's Memphis team plays, Boise State matches up really well. Okay. We'll see. We'll definitely uh, see. My team that I think could go on a run here is actually the number six seed, Alabama. Well, mm. Mm. Adm- admittedly streaky this year. I won't deny that. And less than ideal performance in the SEC, including getting knocked out really early in the SEC tournament. Yeah, didn't they lose like their first SEC tournament game? Or I believe like, so. Two and done? I, I believe it. I believe they were out in the first their their first game in the SEC tournament. Yeah, I want to say they were in the seven ten game and they got beaten. But unfortunately for Alabama, they could run into some trouble against Indiana. I feel I I think or not Indiana against um the winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame. I'm sorry, Indiana won the other playing game. They get St. Mary's. I feel like Alabama could run into trouble against either Rutgers or Notre Dame because Rutgers and Notre Dame will have the advantage of having played today in addition to playing on uh, Friday there. so And we've seen those first four teams go on a run. Look at UCLA last year. Oh, I definitely remember. And having seen Notre Dame, having Miami lost to Notre Dame, they're another one of those few teams, as I mentioned, from the ACC and if they take out Alabama, they could easily find themselves in the Sweet 16. Two minutes left in the first half. Iona 35, Florida 32. Gators I, went on a run to tie it at 35 or 32. Iona just took the lead. And right as I say that, number 14 just splashed a three, just splashed a three to tie it at 35. All right. Back to the bracket. What's your biggest upset in this region, Eric? Biggest upset? Ooh. By seed. I have a doozy if you need me to go first. Well, by seed, I'm honestly going to say going to another SEC team. Uh, it's you team. summoned a bitch. You better okay. not. As much as, and I have just in this same little pod, both the four and the five. I don't trust either of them. I have I, the five. I have the five surviving, but I'm with you on the four line here. Vermont over Arkansas. The, the them catamounts. Be warned. And again, not quite the streakiness you've seen, but I think Arkansas. And I'm going to be honest, they overachieved. They definitely overachieved. Vermont won. Didn't Vermont go undefeated in their conference? I'm going to double won something. They've won something like 20 games in a row as well. I think they're like 30 and 5 or something, something ridiculous. Yeah, I'm going to confirm that. I'm almost certain Vermont plays in the American East, went undefeated in the regular season, and swept through their conference tournament. 
almost 17 and one in conference. And here was the stat that I saw during the American East tournament that blew my mind. Vermont played three games in the American East tournament, quarterfinals, semifinals, championship, and won each of those games by 30 plus. Mm-hmm. Well, this I mean, is a- <laughs> even in the regular season, they crushed UMBC. They had a six-game lead just in conference on UMBC and undefeated at home, 16-0 on their home court. UMBC, of course, most commonly known to NCAA tournament fans as Cinderella's biggest story, the 16 that beat the one, and not just beat the one, embarrassed number one overall Virginia. 79-59, I think, was the final. I still remember going up to Little Caesars the next day and getting my free food because of that. Mm, Delicious. Cinderella went to the dance, but then the clock struck midnight in the matchup in the second round for them. Hmm. Poor Retrievers. Uh, ironically enough, UMBC in the NIT this year. Or not the NIT, in the uh, CBI, excuse me. Okay, the college, ba- college Basketball Invitational. Yeah, for a pretty solid season for them, just uh, their non-conference play kind of meh. <laughs> Iona goes on a run at the end of the first half. It is halftime in Gainesville, 42-35 Gales. Oh, my God. A Big 12 football game broke out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 42-35 at halftime. <laughs> well, at least there's some modicum of defense in this game. All right. Let's, let's switch over to the Eastern Conference with overall number one seed in there. Baylor, the defending NCAA champions, and your number four team on the one line. Again, I don't see Baylor having too, too much trouble, but I'm going to tell you right now, again, ACC bias strikes hard, but legit Virginia Tech. Ah, that's a team that's going to make some noise. A lot of noise. Um. So you're saying Virginia Tech's your uh, your team that could go on a run in this bracket? Mm-hmm. You ready for this one? I got a doozy for you. We just Almost. talked about Indi- We just talked about Indiana winning their first four game. Yeah. It's the it's the team they're running into in the first round. Look out for St. Mary's. You think so? These Gales are really. Really good. This is a team that not only beat Gonzaga, but embarrassed Gonzaga on at St. Mary's. They beat them by twenty. Now, and I'm I'm gonna say this. I have that as a St. Mary's Baylor matchup. I have I have St. Mary's knocking Baylor out. Wow! Wow! Okay, uh, okay, did not anticipate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll get to that in uh, we'll get to that in, uh, in a few moments here, but yeah, that's my sweet 16 matchup, and I have St. Mary's knocking Baylor out. Mm. I... My bracket could get fucked up by Indiana very, very thoroughly, very quickly. 
Yeah, because, I mean, Indiana, you can't even though, yes, Indiana won their first four and there are 12. Big something about Big Ten teams. Indiana took out Wyoming in the first four. Uh, respectfully to Wyoming, that should have been Texas A&M. Sorry. All right. I mean, I, I as as a as a Buffalo Bills fan, I have a soft spot for Wyoming. No, well, yeah, obviously they got you a but, very mighty fine quarterback up there. But as as a Florida Gators fan, I also have a soft spot for the SEC. And of the two teams I've seen A and M play, I watched A and M knock my Gators out of the SEC tournament. Uh, this A and M team was really good, and they were on a very strong run at the end of the season, taking down Florida, uh, uh, Auburn, and then um, who was it? Uh, who did they beat to get into the conference championship game? Was it? Because I know they lost to Tennessee in the conference Ten title game, and Tennessee beat Kentucky. But I'm trying to remember who. Uh, I'm trying to remember who. Uh, who A and M beat in the semifinals? I'll look was that it, up real quick. I feel like it might have been Vandy after Vandy beat Alabama. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, Arkansas. I will check for you. All right, while well, Eric checks the 2022 SEC conference or the SEC men's basketball tournament on the non-academic credible resource or wherever he happens to be finding it. Um, I'll go ahead and give you guys my uh, team that I think could make a run here. And actually, I think I already did. It's St. Mary's. Eric is saying, look out for Virginia Tech. My biggest upset by seed in this region, I honestly don't have a whole lot of upsets in this region. The only first-round un underdog that I have winning their game is Virginia Tech taking out Texas because Virginia Tech is horrendously underseeded as an 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a, a whole conference, we got jobbed. Uh, Virginia Tech should have been an 8 or a 9, especially as the ACC uh, tournament champions. Completely agreed. Absolutely no reason that a team that went on the run that Virginia Tech went on to win the ACC tournament should be as low as an 11 seed. And Zero. as a bit of a side note, remember how I was saying about Arkansas and you with Texas A&M? Uh-huh. 82-64 Aggies in that semifinal. Ah. Uh, well, there you go. So... Arkansas coming in off of a blowout loss to A&M, a team that didn't even make the tournament. Yeah, beware of the catamounts. Catamount. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's your biggest upset by seed in this region, Eric? I'm sorry, because I was looking at that 12 matchup with Wyoming and Indiana, and I'm like, if Indiana wins, hate to break it to you in <laughs> your St. Mary's, but... Uh, they could go ahead and at least win one more to get to the second round. Probably I have, get beat by UCLA, which I have them losing to UCLA, but I got them doing something. I have a bigger upset that I missed, actually. Not only do I have Virginia Tech beating Texas, I have them beating Purdue as well. Yeah, I, I really I, – I do too. I 11 over the three. I unfortunately have them losing to Kentucky because Kentucky, but they're they're going to carry our banner for a little while. 
So my official biggest upset in this region, actually both of our biggest upset in this region then is Virginia Tech over Purdue because that's an 11 over a three and eight spot difference, whereas your Indiana over St. Mary's is only seven. Mm-hmm. We switch over to the south where number one seed Arizona is aiming to get to San Antonio. That worked out conveniently for them that the south regional finals are in San Antonio. It's just a state over for Arizona. Up, hop, skip, and a jump. Um, I honestly, I gotta be honest, I haven't watched a whole lot of Pac-12 basketball this year. I saw UCLA play a couple of times. I saw a little bit of Oregon. I actually just watched them yesterday in the NIT when they advanced to the second round of the NIT over, uh, they beat somebody uh, mid-major that had a, a four-seed ranking, but Utah State. And uh, so, like I, I caught bits and pieces of the bit of the Pac-12 this year, but I honestly didn't get to watch a whole lot of Pac-12 college basketball. I'm more Pac-12 football after dark rather than basketball after dark. But um, from what I saw of Arizona, especially watching them in the losing the uh, the Pac-12 final to UCLA, if I'm not mistaken, because they led UCLA towards the end of that game, and then UCLA came back and beat them. Mm-hmm. The end so, of the Pac-12 season just got insane. That being said, though, I think that there's a lot of potential for upsets in this region here. And a team that I think could make a run, um, go to their go to their side of the bracket, Arizona's half of the bracket, and beware the 12 seed in this bracket. UAB could make a run. Coming out of conference, you uh, coming out of the American Athletic. Excuse me. Now, see, I don't know. For and again, going back to the whole thing with the Big Ten, look at how surprised that we were when we found out Illinois won the regular season championship. I have UAB being Houston, yes, but I've got Illinois taking them out. It just. The other, the other quadrant of that bracket, the other half, that's where I've got my most interesting matchup. Uh, would that be Loyola Chicago against Villanova? That's part of it, yes. Now look. Real I'm quick, real mm-hmm. quick, um, for the upset pick here. Since we're on the topic of uh, Illinois right there, and I apologize for cutting you off, but since we're on the topic of uh, Illinois, my upset pick, my biggest upset in this bracket is actually Chattanooga over Illinois in the first round. I think the mocks get the job done and take out the Illini. I don't know. I think they're going to keep it close, but I don't really know if they can handle the grittier sort of defensive style that Illinois and the Big Ten has started to come back to, especially more of this season. I think Illinois is really going to run. They should get over Tennessee myself. I didn't just because there's there's a level of SEC loyalty there that required me to take Tennessee just as the uh, as the tournament champ, the SEC tournament champions. They're coming in on a hot streak. And Michigan got kicked out in the first round of their Big Ten tournament against Indiana, ironically enough. Yeah, that's why I don't have Michigan winning at all. But – if you've got a coach that's willing to take some swings at people, I, <laughs> you're getting a little extra credit in my book. I probably should say- admit that, but... 
Are you saying that Juwan Howard punched their ticket? Is that what you're telling me? Yes, that's exactly so, what I'm telling you. Somebody should tell that Wisconsin assistant coach that. <laughs> and I will say, as much as I've talked about them in recent years after horrific events that I will probably never mention again, maybe kind of. Sister Jean, it was nothing personal against you at all. But all is still forgiven. I have come to terms. I am at peace. You've done it before. You've got a chance to do it again. It's ironic. Eric had to come to Jesus about Sister Jean. I don't have that often, especially since <laughs> I come to other things. But we'll talk about that on point of Family view. Family show! Yes. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Switching over to the Midwest and your number one seed in the Midwest, the Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, wait. Your uh, biggest upset in, in the uh, in the South bracket. Well, technically, in terms of seed, I'm, a, I'm there guessing would be it's two. Mid- well, no, it wouldn't because, um, well, yeah, because 10 over 2, 11 over 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine's one one position higher with you because I have the 13 over the 4 with Chattanooga. Oh, yeah, which, again, it, that'll come close. That'll definitely come close. All right, let's move over to the Midwest and your number one seed in the Midwest, the Kansas Jayhawks. Oh, rock chalk, all right. I don't love our second-round matchup regardless of who wins between San Diego State and Creighton, and especially if it's Creighton. Creighton's an experienced team, which worries me as Kansas is relatively young outside of Ochai Abaji mm-hmm. and David McCormick. Uh, maybe. I mean, to me... I'm not necessarily worried about your second round. Where I've got you running into the trouble is in the Sweet 16. Hate to break it to you, them Providence Friars. So, biggest upset in this region, South Dakota State takes out Providence. <laughs> Really? Oh, don't. Yeah, it, it adjusted on me. Hold on, I got to go back. Okay, there we go. See, this is where we disagree. Uh, as much as I like South Dakota State, the Big East is still the Big East, and for Providence, yes, I know the conference tournament was a different animal, but winning their first regular season Big East title. They're coming in mighty, mighty prepared. Mighty prepared. I just, I don't see it. I think that they drew a really bad, I think that they drew a really bad draw against the Summit League champion, South Dakota State. South Dakota State is a very fast-paced team and that does not bode well for Providence. And I get the whole mantra of fast-paced teams, but 
and I will hop us way back into the Wayback Machine. The guru of Go himself, Paul Westhead. The former no- Phoenix Suns coach. Exactly. Notoriously fast-paced team in Loyola Marymount. Rest uh-huh. in peace, Hank Gathers. Their game against Alabama in that tournament. Remember that final score, 62-60. to 60. If there's any way a team can exploit any weakness and slow down a fast-paced offense, this is where it happens. Slower teams do a bit better speeding up than quicker teams do slowing down. I've seen this all too often. I have to be honest with you. I don't really have a team that's making a run in this bracket that's not like chalk. My 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 sweet sixteen in this region's one two three five. Ah, uh, I am going a little bit homer. They're not my biggest upset by seed. They're not. That's Richmond yeah. over Iowa. But See, I have I have the five seed Iowa taking on Kansas in the Sweet Sixteen. Well, and see, that's the thing. I have Richmond winning, but I have Providence beating Richmond that again. Way. Well, just my oh, sorry again, but here's no, the thing with fine. Iowa. Remember how we were talking about momentum, 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 momentum. Tennessee winning the SEC, Virginia Tech winning the ACC. Right. Iowa won the Big Ten conference tournament. I'm well aware. So I was aware. I was another one of those teams coming on a on a very strong momentum, and I think it continues here. I mean, I, I, I like what I've seen from Richmond this year. Don't get me wrong. And if there's anything that wrestling has taught me, it's that we came here to fuck spiders. Shout shout out to Joel Bateman. But um, I like what I've seen from the spiders. I just I think the I think the Hawkeyes have too much going for them right now, and especially with all the momentum added from winning the uh, the Big Ten tournament. This is another one of those that's going to be close. And I see the Spiders pushing. It's just with this one, something about them getting it over the line. And while Iowa's got momentum, and I do agree that momentum helps, this, I don't know if it's it's the feel of them, their experience, something about it. I don't see it clicking. Plus, of any of the 512s, this is the most vulnerable 512. Eric, are you busy Sunday at 4 o'clock? Um, I'm going to check my schedule. Not 4, but 4.30. I have an appointment. Yeah. It's okay. I was going to ask you about El Clasico if you wanted to do anything for that. Barcelona and Real Madrid. Uh, I did see that on the calendar, and especially with some big news about Serginho Dest and Memphis Depay. I was going to have my eye on it, but... Unfortunately, at 4.30, I have a regular appointment. <laughs> to answer your question, Mr. Nielsen, is it great to be a Florida Gator or is this in all kinds of weather? We all stick together situation. Uh, 18 minutes left in the second half. Iona's still up 7, 45, 38. So not going well so far, but we're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination either. All right, we go back to the bracket here. Um so you said your two biggest ups, your you said your biggest upset by seed line is the is the twelve over the no technically speaking Miami's stronger Miami's a ten over Auburn's two that's eight spots Richmond's a, Richmond's a twelve over uh, Iowa's five that's a, that's seven 
Yeah, you're right about that. I wasn't accounting for them because, well, homerism. Um, honestly, well, yeah, I, I did mention I have San Diego. I have uh, South Dakota State, excuse me. I have South Dakota State over Providence is my biggest upset in the region. The only other uh, – I have Miami winning in the first round just because fuck USC, as we previously discussed. Mm-hmm. My only other first-round upset is, man, did Iowa State catch a fortunate draw in the first round for them. I honestly, I was thinking the same way. I'm thinking it's great going up against LSU. They're going to run into problems after that, but they're oh, at least going to get that one. Wisconsin's going to beat the brakes off of them, but mm-hmm. uh, LSU just fired their head coach because of the NCAA allegations being confirmed as accurate. Will Wade out at LSU. Iowa State's about to stomp LSU in the first round of the tournament. Well, technically the second round because of the first round. The first round, damn it. The round exactly. is 64. It's the round is 64. All right. All right, Mr. Watkins. You know what it's time for. Oh, boy. Let me go back and sort back out to everything on the other side. You ready to reveal it from the Sweet 16 forward? Yes. All right. <sighs> we start in the West, home of the overall number one seed. Do you want to go first or second for the left side of the bracket? I'll go second for the left side, first for the right side. All right, so I will go first over here, and my sweet 16, I have Gonzaga out of the top quadrant. Okay. They they take on Vermont in the sweet 16, as I have the, the Catamounts not only taking down Arkansas, but also taking out Connecticut in the Battle of New England. Interesting. Okay. The other half of that is Alabama and Duke, as I have Bama taking out Texas Tech in the round of 32. Duke over Davidson after Davidson beats Sparty. Kind of want Sparty to win that game internally, though, just for one last Coach K Izzo matchup. Uh, uh. I'm going to be honest, and a bit of a spoiler in that one, I do have that exact matchup in yeah, the I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to being wrong about Davidson over Michigan State. Obviously, current fans know Davidson because of Steph Curry, but this is a Davidson team that has gone on tournament runs prior to Curry as well, including making the Sweet 16 before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have them out to the Blue Devils, though. My Elite 8 matchup in the West is Gonzaga and Duke. It's chalk, one versus two. And Mark Few ends Coach K's career as the Gonzaga Zags, the Bulldogs, call them what you want to, go back to the Final Four. See, Zags fans are going to hate me for this one. Ooh. They're going to hate me for this one because in the Sweet 16, I love you Catamounts too. But I think the Battle of New England goes the other way. Memphis. You have... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Memphis versus Connecticut. You have Memphis taking out Gonzaga in the round of 32. I do. I told you. Something about this Memphis team and the fact that even with Gonzaga with the runner-up, even with the number one overall seed, Penny Hardaway. We all know about Penny Hardaway in his own bit of business. 
This is something that's like, look, I take this team out as hyped as they are and as good as they are. I'm damn near set for life. And I think he's aiming and will do just that. I don't think Penny Hardaway's goal is to stay at Memphis, if we're being honest. Well, even if he's set for life, it doesn't necessarily have to be at Memphis. He can step up. What better way to do something like that with a signature win? All right, what's your uh, what's your uh, other side of the uh, Sweet Sixteen over there in the uh, West? I do have that Coach K Izzo matchup. As much as I want him to be eliminated, Coach K gets at least one more game. But, but it's going to be against another ACC foe. Notre Dame. I mentioned them before. Notre Dame and Duke. You know who, uh, so I, I, I don't know if you do this or not, but I, I know I find myself doing this, especially this time of the year. I find myself like checking out all of the expert brackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth, Seth uh, Myers from, not Seth Myers, Seth, the guy from uh, CBS. Yes. Seth, what is his last name? I know who you're talking about, though. The guy who's on the selection show with uh, with with um, Clark, Clark Kellogg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kellogg's bracket. Uh, Jay Billis. I just read his ESPN Plus article about his uh, full pick, pick by pick. He mm-hmm. has Texas Tech taking out Duke, actually. Really? Yeah. I mean, Texas Tech is a good team. I saw them a couple of times against Kansas this year. But um, they are the team that Kansas beat to win the Big 12 tournament. So They Texas are. Tech, Texas Tech did just make it to the finals. I'm just adjusting right now because I'm a little uncomfortable. They are the team that Kansas beat in order to uh, win the Big 12 tournament. So Tech, uh, I believe Tech finished third in the regular season in the Big 12. It was Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, I believe. Because I know Kansas and Baylor tied for the regular season title at like sixteen and four, right? But um, all right. So what's your uh, elite eight matchup then? For the elite eight, sorry, Penny, but you did your thing. It ends there. Can't go wrong with blue bloods. UConn, Duke. Does Coach K see a Final Four? As much as I don't like it, yes. Not borderline team of destiny, but he's got one last Final Four for the road. Man, if he wins a championship in this last season, this is going to be so freaking rigged. Look, I mean, I've got my dream matchup that's not in my bracket, but I'm going to speak it into the universe. It would be incredibly epic. If what we could not manage to do in the ACC tournament, oh, we Christ. do for the whole thing. Again, I'm not picking it in my bracket. I may not going that far. But basketball gods, if you want to do me a favor, I'm only, I would only ask for this one. I'd be you know fine what? with that. You know what, basketball gods? Go ahead and do me a favor and send Miami to the Elite Eight. So that way, Kansas can send them packing. Really? You're, you're in our sub-bracket, homie. 
I know we're in your soft. Be gone! <laughs> and might I add, fuck your couch! <laughs> I'll put my feet up if I want to. <laughs> All right, other side of the bracket. I mentioned I had a I had an underdog team making a run in this side of the bracket. I actually have two non-chalk picks on this side of the bracket. I do have number one Baylor in the Sweet 16. I have number two Kentucky in the Sweet 16. Baylor's opponent will be St. Mary's, like we talked about earlier. And yes, I am picking that upset. Baylor is the first one seed to fall. They fall in the Sweet 16 to St. Mary's. Okay. All right. I'm not that brave. Okay. ACC versus SCC on the other half of the bracket in the Sweet 16. ACC champions, Virginia Tech. SEC semifinalists, Kentucky. Your Elite Eight matchup is St. Mary's and Kentucky. Calipari goes back to the Final Four. Hmm. Gonzaga, Kentucky. You know, I got another set of fans that are going to hate me for this. I probably have a few sets of fans that are going to hate me for this. I mean, I'm sure we're making some enemies tonight. Baylor, you're safe. You're good. I have you moving on. Against UCLA. As much as I said with Indiana and St. Mary's, again, the end of the Pac-12, how UCLA finished, they're primed, but I think Baylor is going to have a little bit extra. And let's talk about last year's tournament most valuable player in Johnny Juzang. Now, who Baylor is going to face? This is where people are going to hate me. As your Sweet 16 matchup. Murray State. Murray State. Murray Again, State. Again, you, my head. Really? Really? <laughs> Virginia, I thought about it. Virginia Tech and Murray State. I, I thought about it. Aren't the racers like 30 and 2? Something ridiculous like that. And you still got the aura of John Morant nearby playing for Memphis. You're going I, to have him floating around somehow. <laughs> 14, oh, minutes, 50, 14 minutes, 52 seconds left in the, in the second half. Iona 51, Florida 45, Gator basketball. Okay. I, I'm slightly ahead of you, but you'll like this move. Ooh. Oh, he won Dipsy Doo Dunkaroo, baby. God, the defender, he just froze him on that. It was a thing of beauty. <laughs> Check your ankles, baby. <laughs> Shout out to Dickie V. Happy to hear that you're cancer free, sir. <laughs> Can't wait to have you back next season, coach. Take All right. your time, get better. Come on back. What's your Elite Eight matchup? Who's going to the Final Four? My Elite Eight, I'm giving one more to Virginia Tech. Again, as much as I hate to say this, but it ends there. Baylor does move on. So I have your regional champion out in the 
Sweet 16, you have my regional champion out in the round of 32. Mm-hmm. There is a great shenanigan afoot here, Mr. Watkins. I'm telling you, with something like this, I'm putting a different effort and twist into this year. We'll have to... Uh, so have I ever told you about the bracket that I usually do? Mm-mm. I do an elevation system. If you want to go head-to-head, we can post our picks on uh, the W2M Facebook page. Okay. One, one point for the first round, two for the second, four for the Sweet 16, eight for the Elite Eight. The national semifinals are worth 16 points each, and the championship game is worth 32. Okay. When we do the re-bracket, any team that you keep from your original bracket, the points in those games are doubled. Ooh. It encourages people to stick with predictions that they made originally. It rewards you for sticking to your guns. As with me, you know my track record when it comes to re-bracket. I only don't stick with a lot of stuff if I'm absolutely shredded, which is highly likely. We'll uh, post these picks to the W2M Net Facebook page, which reminds me, as we hit the hour and five-minute mark here, you are listening and or watching the Broadhurst Walk and Sports Report, a presentation of the W2M Network online at W2Mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening and or streaming services, of which we will go into full detail about a little bit later on in the show. Look at me hit. Double the points, family feud. That's for Tuesdays. As long as Richard Dawson doesn't try to kiss me, I'm good. No, I'm not going to go there. Rest rest in peace. (laughs) All right, back to it. We move over to the right side of the bracket, and we head up to the south, which is ironic because usually we go down towards the south. But in this case, the South is on the top half of the right side of the bracket. So, Well, I mean, there's a whole different ways that Southern Uprisings happen, and I'm going to leave it at that. Family show? Half and half? Keeping it in the family show. Never mind. <laughs> no, Alabama's on the other side of the bracket, okay? But they are on this section. Oh, no, wait. No, they're not. We just talked about them. Never mind. All right. Carry on. <laughs> so, um, what's your what's your uh, Sweet 16 look like in the South? And then who do you have going to the Elite Eight and then the Final Four? Well, I've already revealed one Sweet 16 matchup, that being Michigan and Loyola State. Loyola as, Chicago. Or Loyola Chicago, yes. As much as I didn't entirely want to go chalk for the other part for the Arizona's quadrant. Something about this, it ended up that way. So in the other Sweet 16, I do have Arizona and Illinois. It's going to be a little bit of a local battle. Just like I said the half of the the last half of the Pac-12, those last few games going into the tournament were intense. Arizona was one of the unlucky six that lost on that fateful day. Your Elite Eight, Illinois, Loyola, Chicago. Didn't this matchup happen last year in the the round of 32? I think it did. 
I want to say like Loyola Chicago was an eight seed last year. Illinois was the number one seed in their bracket. And like those two met in the second round. And I want to say Loyola Chicago bounced Illinois last year. I'm going to go confirm that because the way that I have it. Almost certain. Yeah, let me double look at that. Da, da, da. Please hold. Okay, while he's doing that, we'll give you a Gators update. The Gators have cut it to two, 12 minutes left in the second half. So approaching the under-12 media timeout, 54-52 Iona. That's a charge. 56-52 Iona. Gales up four, Gators basketball as we come back down court. Yep, you are correct. Loyola Chicago did win but wound up losing to Oregon State. In, and, yeah, because Oregon State was like a 12 seed, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oregon well, State. Oh, Oregon go State got beat. Oregon State got beaten in the in in the uh, the final of that region, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Narrowly by Houston, 67-61. Houston went on to play Gonzaga in the national semifinals and lost. UCLA beat somebody, or no, you. UCLA and Gonzaga, Houston lost to Baylor. Mm-hmm. Because Gonzaga and UCLA went into overtime because that was the game that Gonzaga hit, like, the three from, like, right of, right in front of half court to win the game. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm impressed, I'm impressed that my memory is still relatively decent. Well, I mean, when you have said that college basketball is definitely your thing, so I'm not surprised whatsoever. The madness, especially more so than college basketball itself. I am March Madness obsessed and have been since I was a teenager. Well, for Loyola Chicago, I've said all is forgiven. I am not mad. But Illinois gets their revenge. So you have the you have the four seed Illinois going all the way to the final four. Mm-hmm. So that puts your final four at two, one, four. Yep. I have a one and a two so far. Unfortunately, I have another one here, and I'll talk about it, how I get there. Um, I also have Arizona in that Sweet 16 matchup. I don't think Seton Hall or TCU is a threat to Arizona. I did have the double upset there, though. I have UAB beating Houston, and I have the Tennessee Chattanooga taking out uh, Illinois. I have the Blazers of UAB taking down Chattanooga to advance to that match against Arizona. So one Arizona versus 12 UAB. The other side, it's a little closer. I do have um I do have Villanova getting bounced. But I have I have them getting bounced by Loyola Chicago as well. Okay. I have Tennessee surviving Michigan. And then I have Tennessee beating Loyola Chicago, setting up one Arizona versus three Tennessee and I have Arizona advancing to the national semifinals. Okay. All so, right. uh, one, two, one for me. 
Uh, see, I'm going out on a little bit more of a limb, but I feel good about it. Do you really need to ask who I'm having come out of the Midwest, Eric? Do you really? Rock chalk? Uh-huh. I'll tell you how I get there in a few moments. Go ahead and reveal your Sweet 16. Well, like I said. Like I said. I'm, I giving, I'm giving you some credit. Okay? I do have you advancing to the Sweet 16. I will remind you that you have to do a podcast with me next week. I'm well aware. Several of them. I'm very, very well aware, and I know that this is going to come back to bite me. And as they just showed, at least on my end, Rick Pitino at Providence coaching Billy Donovan. Ah, that 87 team. And it is fortuitous timing by the basketball gods. I have you meeting Providence in the Sweet 16. Going to say that. Okay. You're, gi you're giving me that glare. You already have a bit of a feeling of what's coming. You already said so earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Watch out. I ain't, I ain't scared of Cooley. <laughs> I'm just saying... Them Friars, I've got them going to the Elite Eight. Now their opponent. This is what's Homer. going... No, 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 no. You remember a certain team that I have a special bit of hatred for? Ah, Whiskey. Yeah. Remember what I kept saying about lactose intolerance? No, you have the Badgers going to the Final Four. Not to the Final Four. No, 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 no. You have Providence beating Whiskey? Okay, Providence ain't that good. Weird things happen. I look, I look forward to South Dakota State busting your bracket tomorrow. Hey, game on. I guess I, again, them Friars. And again, I hated putting that pick for Wisconsin. I hated it to that point because I knew it wasn't exactly our time in my head. But I didn't love it that much to put the Badgers back in the Final Four. Mm-mm. 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 I'm a firm believer that chalk almost never holds true in any bracket. Mm-hmm. That being said, this is as close as I come in any of the four quadrants this year. And I think I specifically said this when we talked about the Midwest bracket a little earlier. One, two, three, five. Mm-hmm. Kansas plays the five-seed Iowa which worries me because both teams have that momentum going for them coming off of conference titles. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin faces the two-seed Auburn, who I think bounces back from a very poor SEC tournament performance against A&M losing in the quarterfinals after the double bye. 
My regional final is Kansas and Auburn. If you need to ask me who wins this match, you clearly haven't listened to the W2M Network for very long. Or at all. Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk, Go, K. Setting up Gonzaga versus Kentucky, Arizona versus Kansas. Again, you can't go wrong with blue bloods, but it ain't my style and what I'm feeling for this year. My championship game is two number one seeds. The overall number one Gonzaga. And the Kansas Jayhawks. Any guess who I'm picking to win the chip? Kansas. 67-62. If I'm going to be wrong, I'm going to be wrong supporting my team, damn it. I mean, fair. Extremely fair. <laughs> um, I don't even think they're well, in the tournament. Yeah, the, the Oklahoma can go ahead and enjoy the NIT with Florida this year. <laughs> Oklahoma did win their first round game in the NIT. Actually, they beat Missouri State yesterday. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Now, for my championship, I know I went earlier about Duke, Coach K, the team of destiny, and I said he gets a final four for the road. Emphasis on Final Four. The dream ends in Nolens. Baylor? Baylor. Okay. Now, as I said, and you gave me the look for a Providence against Illinois. Again. I think that the weirdness and everything can happen to get them to the final four. But I think it also ends there. Baylor versus Illinois. Baylor, in a little bit of a slugfest, becomes the first team since a certain bit of fandom to go back to back. It gives me an excuse to Gator Chomp. <laughs> See, I give your Gators a little bit of love when it's warranted. What's your final score for the final? 61-56. I have 67-62, so we're right on the same number there, just... I have a little bit higher scoring, but we're both at a five-point differential. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of quick updates in regards to the men's March Madness tournament. Wright State has made it official. They will play Kansas. Or no, wait. Wright State gets Arizona. Sorry. Yeah, Wright State, Arizona. Kansas gets um, Texas something or other. Texas Southern. The one that won yesterday. That's right, because we're like the last game on Thursday. Uh, uh, 
like 957 scheduled tip off on True TV. Yeah, how it was, how it was Texas Southern, right? <laughs> yes. Texas okay. Southern over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. How disrespectful that they put a number 1 seed on True TV. Rude. I mean I mean time-wise they're, they're expecting it to be a blowout. That's the main reason it's not on the marquee network because they're expecting Kansas to run a mucka mucka mucka. <laughs> um, Wright State clinches their bid. They're officially in the tournament. Thankfully, no punches thrown that I'm aware of against the Bryant Bulldogs. Learn your yeah. lessons, Wagner. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. Hiya. <laughs> Currently on True TV right now. The final of the first four games, Notre Dame is playing Rutgers. I do not have a score for you because, well, we're doing the show and I have the Gators game on the television. Oh, I can, get, I can get a score for you. Speaking of which, Iona 59, Gators 58, nine and a half minutes left in the second half. Rutgers currently leading Notre Dame 41-36, or 44-36 now, so they just hit a three- 19.08 left in the second half. So they just started the second half there. So I'll switch over to that once the uh, I'll switch over to that once the can uh, once the uh, Florida Iona game goes final. Mm-hmm. And there you have our official March Madness predictions thus far. Eric has the Bears repeating. I have the Jayhawks going all the way and getting back the championship that they were denied in 2020. Kansas would have been the number one overall seed in the 2020 tournament. Yeah, they. Oof. I'm I'm trying to remember how the bracket would have set up if because if y'all were able to play and beat Florida State, I would have been happy. Florida State. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so March Madness, Major League Baseball free agency a little bit here and there. We talked a little bit about it. We didn't really get into the big story for Major League Baseball free agency here. And I think as a Braves fan, I kind of have to address this one. It is the probable end of an era in Florida, and I don't feel fine. I mean... I don't dislike the Matt Olson pickup. Mm-hmm. Olsen has been mashing with Oakland. I warned you. Even Rancid Randy warned you. You need the full screen for this one? What do you say to a person who has been the face of your franchise for the second half of your professional fandom? Oh, 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 oh. Can I chime can I chime in? Can I chime in? Go ahead. So long and thanks for all the fish. We still love you, Longo. You seriously just hit me with the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Speaking of which, um, Maynard James Keenan's band Pussifer has a song called So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Eric, you you know diehard Atlanta Braves fan. Yep. 
I've had three favorite Braves in my lifetime. And you can probably guess who they are. Chipper Jones? Mm. Keep in mind, my earliest teams were among the 95 World Series champions. I know. I'm trying to remember some, like, which one you would have loved from the pitching staff. Maddox? The Bulldog Greg Maddox. And for Freddie. this one, Freddie M.V. Freeman. M.V. Free Freddie Freeman. 26 years. You know, as, as a Bills fan, I know a thing or two about long droughts in between appearances and things. Bills fan, North Melbourne Kangaroos fan, Atlanta Braves fan. Red Wings. Our last Stanley Cup was 2009. Thank you, Freddie. And if this is the end, if the pastures are greener in Boston, which is rumored, which, by the way, fuck you, Randy, if that happens. No, 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 no. No, you too Freddy. for saying you too for saying he needed to leave Atlanta. No, what you I, did. I hope I he did. goes to Boston now. I didn't say he needed to leave Atlanta. You I just, just said going to the Yankees. I know. I remember what you said. Thank you. Let's get that clarified. Don't count. You wanted him to be a Met, which is worse. Well, I mean, he gets to suffer like all Mets fans have suffered, and remember the good times from Atlanta that way. I will say this much if this is the end. The very last swing of Freddie Freeman's bat as an Atlanta Braves a home run in the World Series. The very last time that Freddie Freeman touched the ball as an Atlanta Brave would be catching the last out in game six from Dansby Swanson. I can think of absolutely no better memories for Atlanta Braves fans to have of Freddie Freeman than as the champion that he is for sticking with us in the years that Atlanta was winning 60, 70, 75 games. All the way back to back to back to back to back and at least championships. And the banner that will fly in Troist Park, the 2021 World Series champion, Atlanta Braves. Thank you, Freddie. And Godspeed. Can we also agree on one other thing? What's up? Fuck the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Those bastards knocked us out in the NLCS in 2020, so fuck them. Yeah, they knocked you on the NLCS in 2020. What happened after that? Oh, yeah, it was Dodgers in Tampa Bay, wasn't it, in the World Series? Those fuckers. So close. And the you know, thing, COVID would have really, messed that up, too. It would have been I, beautiful. I just realized what today is. Today is 316. That's Stone Cold Day. Guess what, Los Angeles?
The yeah. actual dicks. drinking will be for tomorrow, but I will cheers to that. Yeah, dicks. 68-61, Florida, seven minutes and 20 seconds left in the game. So to answer your question from earlier, Mr. Ner Mr. Nielsen, apparently it's great to be a Florida Gator said it's great to be a Florida Gator. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> I, I was picking through some of the good ones. <laughs> um, Mr. Watkins? Mm-hmm. I do believe it's time for sport of the week. <clears throat> if you'll excuse me as I load Wikipedia of the 2022 Aussie World season on my tablet on Wikipedia. Oh, I, I, I can give you a little bit of a primer to how this season started. <laughs> and I can give you a primer of the first major headlines of the 2022 AFL season. Hold on. Here you go. You ready? Oh, yeah. I'm going to need a bit more of that. Well, unfortunately, the jar is out in the kitchen still, and I don't feel like standing up. This is the that's best fine. I got right now. That, that That's absolutely fine. That, that That's a good starter. And in case our audio fans are wondering, I'm holding up a little container of salt. And if our video fans are wondering, the yellow stuff you see inside of the salt is rice in order to keep the salt from getting hard. It keeps it from going stale. And clumping. You know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean, Watkins Family Show. I, I know what you mean, but it's actually a good thing. And I'm going to have to actually try that for some other certain bits of salt. But yeah, if you, uh, for like your seasonings and stuff, if you keep them out and exposed, put a little mm -hmm. bit of rice in them that soaks up the moisture and prevents them from clumping. Oh, good to know. Thank you kindly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And family show. Look, I, I, I'm, I need this because I'm a flashback to the end of the 2021 AFL season. Australian rules football. It was a fateful day, the one day in September. A COVID-affected season, so instead of normally having the grand final at the MCG, the Melbourne Cricket Ground in Melbourne, home of footy, also, rest in peace, Shane Warne. It was out in Western Australia, in Perth. The Melbourne Demons, one of the original clubs in the VFL, were talking over a century and a half of history. Not quite. They were against You're my team. The Western West Bulldogs. Western Bulldogs, yes. Everything was going great. Everybody was making fun of the Bulldogs after holding on to a top four spot most of the season, then losing, then pissing it away. Then I had to watch Brisbane beat West Coast by just enough to take the top four spot on percentage. That broke my heart in so many ways. But we rallied back. Having to be in elimination finals. We beat Essendon. Continuing their streak of not having won a final, a postseason game of any kind in what is now 6,400 days. Essendon starts their season on Saturday against Geelong. 
Yes, the Geelong Cats. Robert, I know you're going to be watching. Go Cats. Going to be a good one. Robert Hagen. Hagen? Yep. His team? Yep. Okay. So we go on to the semifinal. We get our revenge against Brisbane. No big deal whatsoever. Correct. And then out of nowhere, we win the preliminary final. And hey, we're wait in- a minute. Time out. Time what? out. Doesn't Brisbane know that the Lions are supposed to suck at football? I mean, technically, for the longest time, they were the Brisbane Bears until they merged. That's not much better. I mean, the Bears not- haven't been good since '85. Outside of that one year, they made the Super Bowl and lost to Peyton and the Colts. I mean, you're not wrong, but to but if it makes you feel any better, they wear different colors. Okay, fair enough. Back to Brisbane. So we beat them, and then we win our preliminary final to go to the grand final. Everything was great. Back and forth match after the week of narrative. Oh, the Dogs 2016 Premiership was a fluke. This team isn't ready. Melbourne as the minor premiers finishing as the number one overall seed. First time they're going to win the flag since 1964. Yada, 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 yada. We were hanging tough. We were winning. After having a terrible first quarter. Then the third quarter happened. Take the full screen for a second. Then the third quarter happened, and I wish I was exaggerating as I say this. During the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, Melbourne outscored the Dogs 100 points to 7. You heard that right. 100 points to 7. We fought back a bit but it wasn't anywhere near enough. We wind up getting crushed. 140 to 66. It was bad. So what does the league do to start this season? Well, Melbourne, as grand finalists, as reigning premiers do, you get your banner, your flag. That at your first home game, you get to unfurl in front of the crowd. Melbourne decides, you know what? We want a rematch. We want to play the dogs again. Week one. The league accepted. Why? I have no idea. Wasn't bad enough the fact that they get the grand final rematch right away. But of all things, they play on a fucking Wednesday. A Wednesday. The league accepted again. You can guess what happened. I don't have to guess. I just looked it up. And not entirely a repeat of the grand final 173 days prior The dogs start their season 0 and 1. I fucking hate Melbourne that team. 14 majors, 13 minors for 97 points. Western Bulldogs 11 majors, 5 minors for 71 points. 
Bulldogs win by 20, or excuse me, uh, Demons win by 26, 97-71. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, at least your team's projected to be good this year. Well, yes. A lot of the analysts have us not quite top four worthy, but we're making the top eight, which would get us back into the finals, which I would be happy with. And as we saw last year, crazier things can happen. True. Back in 2016, we won from seventh. So I wouldn't be entirely mad. Um, I think my team finished dead last last season. Yep. And we're not projected to do a whole lot better this year. Eric used the term wooden spoon for those un- earlier in the show. For those unfamiliar, the wooden spoon goes to the team that ends up in the basement. It's also known as the toilet bowl over there, where it's the two worst teams when they play. Now, luckily for you, not everybody predicts you to win the wooden spoon. However, as I'm going to remind a certain bracket maker come Sunday night, Rancid Randy, your Hawthorne Hawks, also projected by some to win that same spoon. Both your teams are set for a bottom four finish, but there's a lot more upside for your ruse, especially since you got the top pick in the draft and a great player in Jason Horn Francis. Keep an eye on that name as the season goes. Okay, so I have a confession, and I'm pretty sure you already know this. Mm-hmm. My Aussie rules knowledge is not especially strong. I watch. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily fully understand what's going on, but I do watch. I'm starting to pick it up more and more as I watch, much the same way I am with cricket like we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. The only reason that I like the Ruse is because they are the Ruse. That is the reason I pick them. It had nothing to do with any of the players, any of the coaches, any of the history, any of the staff. It's because I like freaking kangaroos. They're my favorite animal. Well, not to mention they're pretty close shade of blue and white like your Bills. A little bit lighter, but pretty close. We'll take it. I mean, blue seems to be a recurring theme in most of my favorite teams. The only one that really doesn't have any blue is uh, the only one that doesn't really have any blue is uh, Detroit. They're red and white. Well, I guess Atlanta doesn't really use a whole lot of. Oh uh... well, yeah, they do. Like a darker shade of blue. Yeah, Not but it's most... usually on a fantasy football team. Look. You're the one that keeps scrapping and rebuilding those teams, John. If he didn't do that so much and be more competitive, then... No, that ball did not. Did that really... I'm I'm a little bit behind you, remember? You'll see. Yes, it did. It rolled around the cylinder twice before going in. That which, is some which, English on that yeah, one. Just about to say, which means Corey, which means uh, Colin Castleton put a ton of English on that shot. <laughs> Gators 72, Iona 69, three minutes left. Tie game right as I say that. Yep. This, this one's coming down wa- to the wire. How, how are you ahead of me? I'm watching on ESPN+. Plus. I'm watching on ESPN2. Proper. ESPN2 Mm -hmm. proper. Okay, so you're getting the live cable feed. The ESPN Plus feed is a little bit behind. Okay. Yep. That makes makes sense. 
Yeah, I usually stick to ESPN Plus when it comes to cricket, and don't get me started about Test cricket the past couple of weeks. I can't honestly say I've been watching a ton of Test cricket. Be be thankful. It takes a while to get up to being able to watch Test cricket, but once you do, you'll find you get pissed off more often. But we'll talk can, about that more down the road. <laughs> I can handle the T10s and maybe the T20s for now. I think that's going to be about the extent of my cricket watching, though. Which is fair. Maybe in a couple of years, we'll get you to the one-day matches. We are going to stay on the air for the rest of the game. Hopefully no overtime, because that would make for an even longer podcast. We're currently at the hour and 40-minute mark, which is where we would normally try to wrap things up here. Going back to our sport of the week, though, uh, do you have any official predictions for this year in the rules in the half of season? Well, I am going to say my dogs are making the finals, but I do, and a lot of a few people have had these picks for premiers. If there's someone who is really going to make a run and get back to the top, give me Brisbane. I like where they settled. They're really honing in on their midfield. And I will say for your club, Jason Horn Francis, if he's shown what he's done in the preseason, if he can keep up anywhere close to that for the 22 games or close to that during the home and away season, give him the Rising Star Award, which is their way of saying the Rookie of the Year. Attendance of the opening match between Melbourne and Western Bulldogs set a new home and away record between the two teams, beating the previous record set round three in 1962. For those of you wondering the number, just a shade over 58,000 people. Yes, folks, it's the NFL down there, basically. And that's at the MCG where they host the grand finals on a good day. Like for big matches, you're talking hosting 100,000. Similar to your major collegiate stadiums here in the U.S. Correct. Such as the Big House up in Michigan or the the Horseshoe in Columbus or Nayland Stadium in Tennessee, in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm Mm-hmm. The Rose Bowl out in Pasadena, I think, has the capacity for about 104,000. Thereabouts. So these are the kind of levels that you're getting. And even your smaller stadiums like Adelaide Oval, home of the Crows, or Adelaide Crows and Port Adelaide Power, Optus Stadium in Western Australia. You've got a few other stadia around Melbourne as well. Marvel Stadium where the dogs play. You're usually in capacity 50, 60,000 plus. Which is traditional NFL stadium, honestly. Most NFL NFL stadiums' capacity is about anywhere from from 40 to 60,000. So similar capacity there and extremely, extremely well attended. And actually some big expansion news that's been brewing. There is talk. And there's actually going to be a meeting on this. Uh, AFL CEO, Gillen McLaughlin, who basically runs the league like a commissioner and then some. He's, yeah, he's, he's their Goodell, but, you know, competent. Exactly. Exactly. In August, they're going to have a meeting with all of the club owners about granting a team to the state of Tasmania. 
And for those of you unfamiliar with Australian geography, only if they're named the Devils. I mean, it's entirely possible. Entirely. But for those of you unfamiliar, the eastern third of the country of Australia, you've got those three states. Queensland in the northeast, New South Wales on the border, kind of in the southern half, the tiny state of Victoria south of them. Real quick, I'd just like to remind everybody that you're watching and listening to Geography to the Max, a presentation <laughs> of the W2M Network. Carry on. Well, and you've got across the Tasman, the Tasman Sea, you've got Tasmania, tiny little island nicknamed the Apple Isle. You've already had some teams play there the past several years, Hawthorne, North Melbourne. Official home of the Tasmanian Devil. Shoot. The character Tas... The character Tash from Looney Tunes was based off of a creature native to Tasmania. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of talk with all of their support and their love of footy down there about getting a team. Over the past year or two, especially post-pandemic, there have been some reports, there have been some studies done. So now there's talk of granting a 19th license to the state of Tasmania with additional talk of making things even and not having a situation in the 2010 and 2011 seasons after Gold Coast came to the league, but before Greater Western Sydney came in, keeping the number of teams even, the Northern Territory, the one area in Australia without a top-tier team. There's been talks in some reports about granting a 20th license to the Northern Territory. And again... Middle third of the country, Northern Territory up north, South Australia in the south. So what Eric is basically saying, when he says granting a license, it's basically an expansion team here in the States. Correct. Just having to translate for our Yankee, our Yankee listeners. So that's Carry going on. to be a so that's going to be a big thing discussed. And within the next couple of years, and if that license is granted and you get a 19th team, you're looking right around 2028, so about six years' time. So, no, more like hashtag Tasmanian Devils 2028. 2023 would be way too soon. Way too soon. Blah, 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 blah. Northern Territory, not quite no man's land. You have a very good population, especially a big indigenous population. Uh, capital city of Darwin. Yes, named after Charles Darwin. Make your own joke here? Nah, no more. Less joke, more paying proper homage. And yes, uh, Tasmanian Devils 2028. Put out the, that North, the Northern Territory morons. <laughs> it's a fine example of Darwinism in execution. <laughs> That's all. Eric's lost it. Oh, man. Oh. 22.5 seconds left. Gators by 
74-78-74. They foul. Is that Fleming? It's Appleby. You know, our point guard and one of the best shooters on the team. Fabulous idea, Iona. Oh, I mean, at this point, oh, hmm. Hey. Okay. I'm hey. not saying I'm not saying anything, but I'm must, seeing what I'm seeing. He must have missed the front end. Yep, right as I say it. <laughs> Are you familiar with the announcer's curse? This is apparently the podcast host's curse. This is why I say I'm not saying anything because I'm a slight bit. Hmm, excuse me, a slight bit ahead. Ironically enough, uh, I have another one of my teams playing right now as well. The Jazz are currently in action. They are up in the fourth quarter, 111 to 99 on last statistics over the Chicago Bulls. Ah, uh, so, so overall, not a terrible night. Um, hmm. Oh, I see. That's yeah. Well, well I can give you a better update. 115.99. 457 left in the fourth quarter. So the Jazz are on a four-point run right now based off of what I have from Google Alerts over here. And seven, Oh, go ahead. 76ers beat the Cavaliers earlier tonight. That's the other update that I got because I'm local to Cleveland. 76ers 118, Cleveland 114. In addition, um, my Reds are within a point of Man City right now. As Man City tied over the weekend, the Reds won their game. Uh, Man City had a game in hand, which Liverpool made up today, playing Arsenal, who Liverpool beat two to nothing in Arsenal. One nil, and it looked worse than it was. Who'd you guys lose to? Atletico Madrid. Thus kicking us right out of the Champions League. Oh, you mean that team we beat twice in the group stage? Yes. <laughs> them. <laughs> them. I, I kind of hope we draw them in the next round. I want to beat them again. Ten and a half seconds left in the game. 79-74 Gators. I uh, believe they are checking possession over on the clock. Over and, on the uh, scorer's desk. And as another update for the Notre Dame Rutgers game, Irish up by two, 60-58. to 6.33 left to go in the second half. We won't be giving you full details of the rest of that game because that will take us way past the two-and-a-half-hour mark. I kind of want to wrap around two hours if we can. We, oh, should yeah. be, we should be able to do that with the tail end of the Gators game, assuming the inbound goes well here, because that should run some time off of the clock. Honestly, well, honestly, up by five. I don't know why you don't just throw it deep. Oh, That was stupid. Yeah, that, that doesn't, doesn't matter. Game. Yeah, that was a very good defensive possession on that inbound play. I saw what I own was trying to do setting up that corner three, but the way that y'all played a low and stuck towards the post, very well done. And the celebratory dunk at the end. The celebratory dunk doesn't count, though, because I time expired. However, uh, Mr. Nielsen, to answer your question once and for all from earlier, 
I said it's great to be a Florida Gator. Said it's great to be a Florida Gator. 79-74, Gators advance to the Sweet 16. And since you also asked for an NHL update, giving a brief run of the scores. I know my Red Wings lost to the Oilers yesterday, 7-5. What is it again with these high-scoring games? Um, Dude, I'm telling you, scoring is way up in the NHL recently. Look, I ain't mad about it either. Don't get me wrong. Um, Minnesota over Boston, 4-2. Columbus over Ottawa, 4-1. Lightning are tied with Seattle, 1-1 of the first intermission. Devils are over in Calgary. That one's 2-2. 14-24 left in the second period. So, in other words, the Islanders don't play tonight. Nope. They play in the Battle of New York. They go to the Garden to face the Rangers. 7 o'clock tomorrow. Ooh. What's the uh, Saturday game on ABC? I can tell you that. While Eric looks up that particular one here, we will go ahead and go to our wrap-up segment here. On the Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report, once he's able to get us the imagery to do so. Ooh. Rangers at Tampa Bay. Rangers and Lightning. Uh, mm -hmm. our, our Life is Like a Game Show co-host, Brian Espinosa, will be very interested in that one. <laughs> Shame they're going to lose. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Eric. I think it's time for our favorite segment of the show. He noticed he knew exactly where I was going with that. All right. Um, honorary mentioned the Lamping because you say him every week. I want a fresh one this week. All right. I can give you a fresh one, but I'm trying to think of who else pissed me off because I don't entirely want to say Miles Jack because I get it. Go ahead. Get your money. Get yourself a title. I'm not mad at you. Secure your bag, fool. Uh, I am kind of mad. Nope. I do have a fresh one. Same team, just a different man. Because a few of these moves I don't like. For this particular week, Mark, you were honorary mention. But I got you two. And one of them's going to be Trent Balky. Because some of these moves don't like. And there's another dick of the week. Straight from down under. <laughs> the AFL commissioner. Oh no. Not Gil McLaughlin. Not, I'm not necessarily mad at him. I would be mad at him. Well, I'm mad at the team who he pretty much caved to. And on uh... top of that, one reporter in particular. So to all of you over Melbourne Demons... Enjoy your flag, you fuckers, because you ain't getting another one anytime soon. And to you, Tom Morris, I wasn't going to be mad at you for the Luke Beveridge rant. He's our head coach. He said a few things. Not everybody liked it, but I understand. I thought that you were just doing your job when you talked about the whole thing for player selection and who was going to be in and out. Then I saw a certain picture of you on Instagram. I'm starting to believe Bevo a little bit. And you in particular, Tom Morris, for Fox Footy, you were also my dick of the week this week. Really? 
Hmm. Mother, 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 mothers. Probably there you because go. Barrick Melbourne after all that's anyway. So yeah, that, that covers me for this week. Do I go with the obvious or do I go with the less obvious? Because the one I'm not necessarily mad about, but I'm not happy either. Uh, go a little less I will give obvious. An, I will give an honorary mention to Alex Anthropopoulos. General Manager, Atlanta Braves. It's a shitty way for the Freeman era to end in Atlanta by trading for Matt Olson. Shitty. Godspeed, Freddie. I wish you nothing but the best. Unless you're playing it, in which case I wish you suck. Sorry. Now, granted, if you are going to come to the AL East, there's been a few suitors. You may not make as much money, but want another one of these? You know you do. Nice and shiny. It's shiny. Wouldn't it be some shit if the team that he ends up playing for plays Atlanta in the World Series next year? Wouldn't that be some shit? It would be, unless it unless it happens to be us. And again, I know Moneyball. I know we normally can't afford big stars, but with the CBA, with the fact that we have to spend, we will gladly spend that money on you. You get to play in a dome. You get to stay in the South. There's no state tax. You still get to go to Yankee Stadium yeah. and Fenway Park and beat them. But do you? But do you want to play in Tropicana Field though? Do you? Please. We're tr we're trying to use this to get a new stadium. Shh. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry about the uh, drop. In in a in a year or two. You won't even remember that place. You'll be playing somewhere else. Plus, who knows? You may end up in Canada. Canadians will love you. <laughs> oh, Canada. Our home and native land. <laughs> so an honorable mention to Alex Anthropoulos. I said it's great to be. A Florida Gator. Unless you're one of those assholes that ran off Mike White. Seriously. I, well, I mean... He's only, he's, he's only like the second or third best coach in the SEC. You're not entirely wrong, and he's staying in the SEC. Yeah, replacing Tom Crean, who had absolutely sucked at Georgia. The difference is, is Mike White knows how to recruit. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. To the Gator fan base out there that more or less chased Mike White off, y'all are dicks. And I hope that we're able to secure somebody in order to carry on the legacy of Florida basketball. But maybe give him a little bit more respect coming out of the shadow of Mike White and Billy Donovan than you gave Mike White. Well, you know how the saying goes. Never be the man that follows the legend. Be the man that follows the man that follows the legend. 
They tell you all about that and Pauly. <laughs> Nobody wanted to follow Coach Wooden out in Pauly Pavilion. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You have been listening to episode three of the Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report, Sports in Black and White, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast, Google Pods, Apple Pods, although technically that's iTunes if we're being honest. In addition, you can find us on visual format on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. W2M Net on Twitch. W2M Network everywhere else. Hooray! I'm learning. Yeah! (laughs) I am at ETB the Eagle pretty much everywhere. You guys know where to find me. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. But remember... If you have hate mail, Marty Bass, you know where to send it. S.Garmer at gmail.com. Eric, where can people find you online? Well, you can find me, first of all, here on the network. When I'm not on this show, I'm on a few other shows. League to the Max or whatever with Brian Espinoza on Mondays. Life is like a game show with Harry and Brian and John Nielsen. Thank you for dropping by and sticking around. We're covering our prices right We're winding down Price is Right month on Life is Like a Game Show. We've discussed the original run in the 50s and 60s, the Bob Barker era. Last week was Drew Carey era. This week, we're going to be covering syndication and international versions. So definitely stick around for that. I just watched the Tom Kennedy nighttime. I just watched the Tom Kennedy nighttime edition of The Price is Right. Oh, really? Kennedy's Kennedy's probably one of the few people that had the gravitas that Barker does. Well, with his, his long time in the game show hosting realm, I think that had a lot out. to do with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, blockbusters, um, Wii U, body language, hmm. body. Yeah, exactly. Which is basically charades for anybody wondering. But go ahead, continue. So that's Tuesdays. We're going to be doing soccer to the max with Mr. Haymail himself, Sean Garmer, here on Wednesdays. Most likely going to be covering the CONCACAF Champions League in the beginning of the MLS season. And if you're looking for something in particular to wind down your week with a little bit of extra fun and craziness, check out Point of Viewer Sunday nights. We have our own bracket going. The or the greatest sports movie of all time with Rancid Rainey himself. Needless to say, none of us are happy. And if you're not here on the W2M Network, A, why aren't you? B, you should be. C, go ahead and join not just myself and Harry, but W2M Network on our network Discord. Link in the description. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter, at Squid Sports Head, Facebook, Guy, wine, recliner, Eric Watkins. You should know the drill by now. And if you will find yourself on Twitter and slide into my DMs and undergo a strict and thorough vetting process, you will find a plethora of other social media. Snapchat, Telegram, Kick, Dark Twitter, Dark Reddit. There's a few more in there. Mm-hmm. 
I actually did forget to mention something. He covered all the shows that I'm on the network on, except for one. Indiesiders episode five this Sunday with Mark Rattledge and myself. We cover West Coast Pro Wrestling and Prestige Wrestling, combining for a show called Savage Mode, as well as Terminus 2, the promotion owned by Ring of Honor original heavyweight champion Jonathan Gresham and his wife, I think, Jordan Grace. That's right. um, going to be this that's going to be this Sunday. In addition, Sunday sees the release of the quiz show on trial. The four of us from Life is Like a Game Show join Mark Rattledge to talk about the 1994 Robert Redford Films movie discussing the, the 21 game show scandal of the 1950s. That will be the quiz show when it goes on trial this Sunday on the W2M Network. I think there's only one thing left to do before we get out of here. I said it's great to be. A Florida Gator said it's great to be. A Florida Gator said it's great to be. You have been listening to the Broadhurst Walking Sports Report, Episode 3, Sports in Black and White, a presentation, the W2M Network. Mm -hmm. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching, everybody.